Morning, team. Nice to be coming. Don't you wish Mr Murdoch could spend some of his hard-earned money and buy something better than a NAF tracksuit to wear everywhere? It's so chav. It's so chav. And a British winner for the uh, lottery and, uh, and the sun... What really happened? They've now pulled Mr Brown apart on the front page. They've said, we didn't probe the son's medical records. He gave us consent to run the story. And they basically said that um, it's, uh, it's a smear against them. It's all turning a bit nasty now, isn't it? And the other papers are jumping on the bandwagon. As Christo said, even he's, even he's getting bored with the hacking story. I'm getting quite bored with it. Um, but it's going to run and run. I'm hoping... There's, oh, there are other stories in the papers today. Like they've uh, found two replacements for loose women. Although yesterday it was dreadful. It was absolutely dreadful on Loose Women. Because now they haven't... Kate Thornton appeared not to be there yesterday. I quite like the other girl, whose name I can't remember. She's the uh, former weather girl. And uh, unfortunately we still had uh, Denise Welsh still doing her brown nosing, which looks a little bit embarrassing. Uh, And then they brought on Adrian Lotharios to Cliff Richards, who is now looking his age. Whichever way you look at it, he's 70-plus. And uh, he's recorded with Frida Payne. And uh, she looked quite good. I thought Frida Payne looked quite good. But she's one of this stable of, of soul stars who are still touring. I think with the stylistics. I think she's toured with the stylistics. And I've just downloaded, strangely enough, a stylistics album from iTunes to put in the, uh, in the car. Because I'm a hip bunny, because I do the soul. And I'm down with the kids on the street, because I know all the music. And I'm about to... Uh, I'm going to download some example later on. Because I've discovered, having watched T4 on the beach, example is, is now my, my new thing. I was going to do Lady Gaga, but I, th- I know. But then they, they started asking on Loose Women, Cliff Richard, about Lady Gaga. And, uh, and I don't really think he knew what he was talking about. It was what I call a bluff conversation. You know when somebody says to you, I was, what do you think about so-and-so? I managed to do a whole interview once with somebody, not knowing who the hell they were. I managed to bluff the whole thing. It was years, I won't tell you who it is, but it was years and years ago. I didn't know anything about them at all. And I had to pretend I did know something. I thought I did quite a good job, even at the end of it. Even I was convinced. Mind you, you are listening to the man who used to do a sports programme on LBC and fooled everybody. Because what I know about sport, you can write on a grain of sand. But I got away with it for about the best part of nearly two years. We should, and even the, uh, the boss at the time, he said to me, he said, he said listening to you, he said, I, I could almost believe that you knew what you were talking about. I said, well, it's amazing when, when you sort of have a, a sports expert in the studio and then you can, um, all you have to do is turn to the back pages of the papers and, and you, can, you, can, you can bluff your way through it. Because sports people are dead easy. Sports people just love talking sport. They can't talk anything else. They can only talk sport or tennis or over 35 nudist leapfrog or anything like that. And, and so you just let them go for it. And they go for it. Do you know, I was working out the other day. I was thinking where we should hold the next Steve Allen live show. And I thought the Grosvenor House in, uh, in Park Lane until I looked at the cost of it. And I, I thought maybe not the Grosvenor House in Park Lane. The, the good news is that if we get 750 of you, which, of course, is highly likely because we generally get 1,500 of you, so, and that, that's just easy to do. If we get 650 minimum, they give you the great room for free. And I thought that's quite a nice idea. And then I thought perhaps I'll spring for, for dinner for people. If I won... The 166 million, which isn't 166 million, it's 161 million, 500 and something thousand. And I want to know what they've done with the rest of my money. Would be funny if it's me later on. But anyway, so a three-course dinner menu at the Grosvenor House starts from 74 quid a person. Now, as most of their main courses appear to be chicken, there's obviously a huge profit. I mean, this is just, it's, it's way and above anything else. It's lovely. Don't get me wrong. I love the Grosvenor House. I've been there countless times and I love it to pieces. But 
I never would have valued the dinner menu at 74 quid. That's from. A bottle of house wine. How much do they charge for a bottle of house wine? £21.50 for house wine. A uh, bottle of champagne works out at from £62.50. And if you have a jug of orange juice with lunch, they charge 12 quid for that. So you can see that, you know, lunch for 650 people is adding up quite a lot. So far, I've nearly spent in excess of £60,000. That's if I decide to have 650 of you for dinner at the Grosvenor House. This is if I win the £161 million. If, of course, I don't, it's nothing, OK? This does not constitute an offer in any way, shape or form. We have not entered into any sort of contract, and it's legal and binding not on this programme, OK? Just in case. Uh, the BBC are now reporting a fall in star pay. They've got 19 people who earn in excess of £500,000. And they've got apparently 200 people who are on six-figure sums. But a six-figure sum is £100,000. I would have thought they would have, God, loads of their radio presenters on £100,000. Loads. Absolutely loads of them. You'd only have to look at most of uh, Radio 4 to realise that most of their presenters would be on in excess of £100,000 a year. So when they say they've got 274 people on that much money, it comes as no surprise to me. You know, earning the big money would be people like uh, Chris Mollis or something. Way down the, the scale would be Comedy Dave. Way down the scale there. I should imagine probably lucky to pull 36. Very lucky to pull 36. But they've got the other people who are earning over a million. And they would have a few people on that because they'd be on what they call the golden handshake. And they'd be saying, listen, if you stay with us, Graham Norton would be on, I would think, a million a year. Quite easy. Uh, Brucey would be on half a million a year. Uh, some of their other newsreaders would be on around half a million a year. How, Sophie Rayworth, they reckon, is on half a million a year. How, for reading an auto queue, you get that much money? I've got no idea. But that's how they work it out. Um, in the papers as well this morning, they've got questions and answers. Uh, also, uh, they say that Wayne Rooney is to sue the News of the World for hacking into his mobile phone after they revealed his sex romps with hookers. They'll have to prove all these sorts of things, won't they? And uh, now they're saying that Murdoch has lost £6 billion. The big question that was being asked yesterday, and at the risk of boring the pants off you with another hacking scandal and another hacking story and another, you know, hacker who is exposed, uh, and then The Sun producing this bloke who's got his back to the camera. I didn't quite follow that one at all. That one looked uh, slightly odd, and we've seen this kind of thing before. Um, you begin to wonder, could it bring down News International? Could Murdoch throw the towel in? If the government say, well, we're not, not letting you do anything else with B Sky B, would they close the Sun? Would they close down the Sunday Times? We never thought that they'd actually close down the News of the World, did we? I mean, that came as a bit of a surprise. They're closing the News of the World. Oh, right. And then you think about the implications of all the people who lost their jobs... So um, it's not beyond the bounds of possibility that they could close down the Sun. They could close down the Sunday Times. If he thinks he wants to prop up just one business, is it going to make the slightest difference? Do you trust him? Do you trust that man anymore? Do you, you know, when you read on the, the front page of the Sun, you know, now they're attacking Gordon Brown. I mean, whichever way you look at it, I don't care where they got the information from. That, that side of it, surprisingly, doesn't really bother me. I'm more bothered that, the, that they would phone him up and say, we know your son's got cystic fibrosis and we're going to run the story. That's what worries me more than that they would do that. And apparently the reason that Mr Brown didn't do anything about it is because he thought he couldn't. Some of the other papers suggest differently today because it was only a short while afterwards that he threw a party for Rebecca Wade, as was then. 
and uh, they've got loads of pictures of them all looking very happy and smiley. So if he was that bothered by it, which he said yesterday on the television he was, why did he not do something about it? Was there nobody he could complain to? Is it a bit like the Diana syndrome? She felt everybody was against her, but had nobody to turn to. They were all going, well, that's the way we do it. That's the way we do it, I'm afraid. It's not going to, uh, to change. Were people that in fear of the Murdoch News International organisation that they didn't want to do anything? In case they maybe started, you know, smearing them and doing all sorts of things. Because the papers are very powerful. The papers, if you remember, can actually change the country's allegiance to a particular party. And they've done it on countless times. It really depends on who they woo. So, in fact, what you've done is you've given somebody like Murdoch, and I don't know anything about the bloke, as much power as William Randolph Hearst. And he, he fell from power, didn't he, afterwards? So I wonder whether or not we could see the same again. Would it be possible that he could close down all his publications? Apparently, uh, somebody from Congress in America has asked to examine his uh, operation in America now. I mean, it's, it's, it's spreading a bit like a disease. It really is. I noticed that he went jogging the other day, never wise at that age, I think, to actually go out and start training, uh, wearing that peculiar tracksuit. So let's have your thoughts. 84850, uk. We shall weave them all into the uh, into the paper. Uh, what would be awful, Steve, after learning the happy news that the Euro Million money is coming to the UK, is finding out that once again it didn't come to England. Oh, it's definitely coming here. It's definitely coming here. It's somebody in this country... Who is, and they will know, I mean, they know within seconds on the lottery. Literally, the moment the last ball is drawn, the computer goes bang and it prints up the names of all the winners. In this case, one. One winner. One person actually managed to come up with those numbers. Funny thing is, you look at them and you think, I'm sure they're my numbers. I'm sure they look like mine. Because they do look like normal numbers, don't they? They do, do look like the sort of numbers that you would all pick. And just in case you don't know what the numbers are, I shall really ruin your day and tell you that uh, the numbers are, here we go, 17, 19, 38, 42 and 45. And the lucky stars were 9 and 10. And the exact amount to be claimed, and frankly I'll be disputing it in the courts, £161,653,000. Where's the rest of it? They told me it was £166 million. Anyway, and uh, a national lottery spokesman said, we're absolutely delighted that a UK ticket holder has scooped the entire €185 million euro jackpot, which at the current exchange rate is £161 million. That's how they've uh, That's how they've played it out. It's good, isn't it? That's the biggest one, I think. Last October, we had £113 million. And in addition, two UK ticket holders in the next prize level down won £1.7 million for matching five main numbers and one lucky star. We've got the champagne on ice, they say, and look forward to welcoming the ticket holders into the National Lottery Millionaires Club. Can you imagine? You're going to be so hated. You're going to be so hated. You've got £161 million, and all they're offering you is a bottle of champagne. I suggest therapy, counselling, and give it back, OK? Because it was mine. It was destined to be mine, and Jay- I passed Jay Louise on the stair, and we both looked at each other a little. A little tear came into our eye as we suddenly realised that we were both at work today, which meant that we hadn't won. Face the headlines after former Prime Minister Gordon Brown has accused the son of hacking into his son's medical records, the paper's defending the story. It says a man whose son had the disease got in touch with them with details. The three main political party leaders met last night to talk about the scandal. A man and a woman have been charged in connection with the murder in East London nearly five years ago. Suman Mia was beaten to death with the leg of a table in October 2006. And the Euro Millions jackpot's been won by a single ticket, and they're from the UK. 
The £161 million win makes them richer than Robbie Williams and Daniel Radcliffe. Let's have a check on the state of the roads for you this morning. Still with a tear in the eye, it's Jay Louise. <laughs> Thank you very much. Well, on the north side of Battersea Bridge, has now. Morning, every 17 minutes past five. It's LBC 97.3. So uh, if you're the lucky winner, hello. <laughs> so happy this morning for you. Actually, I don't mind. As long as it's somebody in this country, that's good, isn't it? I feel as though we've contributed. I feel as though, as long as somebody gets the, uh, the, right, uh, the right amount of advice, which is actually very good. Uh, John, yes, they do. They do, and pay hugely for the privilege as well. Pay hugely for the privilege. Absolutely. And I love it. I love it. Pieces. absolutely love it. It's, it winds little, little things like you up. <laughs> Even happier. David and Victoria Beckham have invited William and Kate to meet their new baby girl. Why? What would be the purpose of that? I'm sorry. Royalty? Nobody's. Royalty? Nobody's. You know, the Beckhams royalty, William and Kate, nobody's. They just, they just happen to be born into it, so it's, they haven't done anything to actually achieve that, whereas the Beckhams have had to work to get where they are. William and Kate haven't had to do anything at all. William just happened to be born into the right family at the right time. They haven't, they haven't had to sort of, you know, really strive hard at school to do anything. He, he was going to be there anyway. Uh, Cheryl Cole didn't want to divorce Ashley Cole. Apparently Black Eyed Peacing, a Fergie, said she really loved him and didn't want to get divorced. God, that's stupid. Who cares? They deserve everything they get. Apparently, they're now saying it's on Cheryl's terms. Yeah, like when he cheated, it was on his terms. And he'll be doing it again, Cheryl. Just thought I'd let you know that. And, uh, oh, the world's greatest actress is back in the paper again today. Emma Watson. This time, she apparently stripped herself of Prissy Hermione Granger by partying at a pole dancing club. Emma, 21, celebrated at a go-go bar in which, uh, for the premiere of the Deathly Hallows Part 2, in which we played the Hogwarts SWAT. A source said she was really enjoying herself. There were a few scantily clad girls around, but Emma didn't bat an eyelid. <laughs> so, what a non-story. And so here she is. So, uh, surprise, surprise, she's not at all like Hermione Granger. Or Granger. Whatever the name is in the thing, I've got no idea. But uh, that's it. And she's, she let herself down. Anyway, she wants to kick a bit of ass, apparently. That's what she wants to do. She doesn't want to be seen as that, that character. It's amazing, that, isn't it? I've watched no end of actresses playing parts, and I've never thought in a million years that they actually believed in their tiny minds that they were that person. It's called acting. Oh, that's what it was, anyway. Jane Moore's column today. Talking about Tom Condliffe, the 22 stone, says he'll die without a gastric bypass. So he says, I'd like to hear from the doctor, but of course you won't get a quote from the doctor because it's confidential. It's only the patient, I'm going to die within a year. Well, he looked perfectly healthy to me the other day, pal. Uh, but they won't operate because he's not fat enough. He's only 22 stone. And the hospital say at 22 stone, you can lose the weight yourself. Why should we have to pay for it? And talking of things which are enormous, out in uh, the Adelaide River in Australia, they have a little thing. They take the tourists out on a boat... And they go, la, 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 la. and then they put a piece of meat on the end of a pole. And out of the river comes the biggest crocodile you've seen in your life. 18 feet long, this thing is. This thing, you could understand when you see crocodiles that can, that can swallow people whole. This thing could do it easily. It's only got three legs. It's missing a front leg. But it's become now a crocodile star. You have to see the picture to realise, when you look at the side, this thing's... Mouth is bigger than the passengers in the boat. It is absolutely ginormous. In fact, one of the uh, one of the mums who took the picture, Katrina Bridgeford, can't exactly say exactly what she said, but she says it. I can't believe how close it got to us. It's taking this. Me, this thing is huge. I mean, it's uh, it's not even halfway out of the river, and it's already up to the top of the boat. 
If you didn't know better, you would seriously think that it was it was kind of made up. I noticed that posh car sales are soaring. It's good news, isn't it? I like that idea. I don't cheap cars. Oh, you want to see the picture? Mm-hmm. Right, ready? Brace yourself. Try not to be frightened. Okay. Try not to be, be brave. <gasps> well, you can't believe how big it. That's only half of it. Look, that's, that's bigger. That's not real. That's bigger than you. That's not real. Is it, their feet is real. That's bigger than him. Yes, but, but their mouth is bigger than him. Is it not the perspective of the photo no, that makes it look no, really No, nice? it's quite a normal photo. Wow. And it's got a leg missing. Oh, I'm glad I'm not on that boat. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't going to eat the boat. <laughs> Big, though, isn't it? Oh. Isn't that huge? Yeah. Frightening and scary, ladies. We like, we like scaring her first thing in the morning. There's a few things that scare her first thing in the morning. The first thing is saying the coffee machine's broken. That always works. And the second thing is, look at the size of this uh, this crocodile. So sales of luxury cars, Rolls-Royce up 64%, 64% up. Bentley up 20%, Aston Martin 8%, Renault down 30%, the Kia down 20%, Ford down 9%. Why would that be? I mean, if you were that person who won the 161 million, would you be buying a posh car or would you be buying a Renault Clio or a Kia or... Or a Ford Focus or something like that. I don't know. It's only because somebody mentioned the other day, and it seemed quite a funny idea, that people were actually going out there. And if, if they won a lot of money, they said, well, I don't want to be flash with my money. And my, my argument would be, I mean, if, if you won it at my age, you don't know how many years you've got left anyway, so best you go out and enjoy yourself and do what Viv Nicholson did years and years ago when she said, I'm going to spend, spend, spend. And all she won was £54,000. But in those days, that was equivalent to more than a million pounds in the days when you could buy a house for £300. So you can imagine, she got through... I forget how many husbands Viv Nicholson got through. It might have been five. Five husbands. And she came from a little one-up, one-down house. And there are loads of pictures in her book. Go and check it out. It's a very They made it into a musical um, with Barbara Dixon playing Viv Nicholson. And I met Viv Nicholson on uh, on one occasion and she'd said when asked by the press what are you going to do she went i'm going to spend 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 and she did because in those days when people were earning thousand pounds a year she had fifty four thousand pounds they were put up in the hilton they'd never been to london they'd never been in the hilton they jumped on the beds they sort of drained the mini bar they did everything and she got through that money like there was no tomorrow she had houses. The houses look, you know, by, by today's standard, they could be, you know, up north a £250,000 house. In those days, I think she probably got it for £600. So she had loads of houses. She had loads of cars. She was a hairdresser, I think. And it was just an amazing story. And you would do the same now. You'd go, I've got £161 million. I don't even know where you'd begin. You would have to take legal advice on it. Because otherwise, if you're like that stupid bin man up north, you know, that revolting piece of work who terrorised his neighbours. And I was so glad he lost it all because the family took it. The, uh, the ex-wife took it. I laughed. I laughed like a drone. Because all the advice is free for you. Camelot makes sure that you've got everybody, everybody counselling you want, everybody advice, you know. And, and most people do not take it because they go, I can handle that but not with 161 million. I mean, what would you want? Would you want it to be there forever? Would you set up a foundation? Would you make sure you did your bit for charity? Or if you're an elderly person, would you just go, oh, it's too much, we give it all away. You know, just, just leave me a couple of million and give the rest to good causes. Because 161 million, I mean, it's, you know, you, you, you'd be hard pushed, wouldn't you? Just sort of decide what to do with it. Maybe you don't want to give to charity. You don't have to. You don't have to do anything at all. But you can imagine the papers are going to be hounding you. Hacking into your accounts, hacking into your phone. Oh, dear, they've been doing everything. 
unfortunately, as well, we have the uh, Arab Playboys in town. I say unfortunately because they clog up the streets with their cars, which they fly over. So far on the streets, they reckon it's about £100 million worth of supercars, ranging from uh, uh, a Pajani Zonda worth a million... Oh, sorry, a Zonda worth a million, uh, a Pajani worth 1.6... Uh, a Maybach, 380,000, and a McLaren worth 300,000. So there are actually cars on the streets worth more than a million being driven around. And you do see them at the back of Harrods. At the back of Harrods, they, the boys park up there and they go and get cups of coffee and things. It doesn't matter to them if they get a parking ticket. They couldn't get, they're driving a million pound car, who cares? Million pound park, you know, a million pound car parking ticket. No, no, uh, no competition whatsoever. I wouldn't have thought they'd just pay somebody to go round there and uh, and and go and get it back out of hock again. Again, uh, Richard recorded loose women for me yesterday. Says Sarah Cliff's starting to look his age. I think you could have had a better haircut. Yes, the um, the haircut was not great. But there again, if you look at Cliff over the years, he's always had that sort of bouffant, you know, it's always been, hey, you know, Cliff has been, he's always been called the Peter Pan of pop. So there was going to come that time when all of a sudden he was going to look 70. And he's going to be wearing clothes, which you might think are for somebody a little bit younger, you know. It's very, but then I don't know. We've asked the question time and time again, what clothes you have to wear? Are there little old lady and little old men shops where you go and you say, I'm sorry, I've just gone past 50, I need to trade all my clothes in. Can have something really old-fashioned and stupid. Because nowadays people don't look their age. There's only a few people who are probably in their 80s. And you do see them. There was a lady yesterday on the bus. Yes, I do get the bus. I try not to draw attention to myself. But, uh, and she was on there and she was very well dressed. And she had a, a walking stick. She rested her hands on the top. And, uh, and, you, and she was explaining to the lady next to her. She said, I've been very lucky, she said, because my daughter came around and said, do you want to move, mummy? And, and I said, no. But she's doing this because she was obviously slightly deaf in a fairly, fairly loud voice. So the whole bus was sharing. And she said, I'm, I, you know, I've, I've done all right. I've got, I've got the house. I've got a cleaner. And we have a gardener. And I'm thinking, right, well, that's alienated you from the entire bus now. But I was fascinated by this conversation because she fits into a category that, that appears to be dying out, and I don't like it. I like the idea that they're still there. Um, the, the haircut for Cliff, yes, it was difficult to know what to do with Cliff's hair because I suspect if it's wet, it's probably, he's probably receding. So it's, sort of, it's what I call coiffured into a shape. Coiffured into a shape. And uh, Sarah says, I think him and Frida Payne should have sung Band of Gold. Well, they've got this new single out. And and that's what it was. Although for the first two minutes, she never sang a note. She just stood there. She didn't even la-la. So it was quite funny. It's Andrea McLean you're thinking about. You're good. And the new album is Soulicious. Sounds good. Did he say, though, that um, David... Um, what's his name? Can't remember now. Uh, was, was not doing the tour, and it was very difficult to get the tour uh, underway to find out who was actually going to be there? Don't know. Don't know. But uh, all, all in all, it was very interesting. But they obviously did. And, and then they said, uh, oh, C- Cliff, can we keep you a bit longer? I thought, of course you can. You haven't booked anybody else on the show. This is LBC 90... 90- Hello. 28 minutes to six. Wednesday morning. Somebody's won the Euro Millions. You're now sick to death of hearing about it because you probably checked your ticket. Or failing that, you're one of those miserable people who didn't buy a ticket. and go, I never bought a ticket. I don't want to hear about it. Well, that's like sticking your head in the sand, isn't it? We don't mind you sticking your head in the sand. Uh, what really happened between the Sun and the ex-Prime Minister? They've basically uh, said that uh, it's false. Uh, the allegations that they hacked into Gordon's Brown's family medical records are false and a smear on this paper. And, uh, and they've, they've gone on about it and gone on about it. I mean, at the moment, I would think the standing of any of Murdoch's papers is pretty low in the public's mind. I would think most people are going, what can we trust? 
Well, there's a page three girl here. I suppose you can trust her. What's she doing here? Um, oh, there we go. This is, uh, this is Rosie. Was pleased to hear that Harry Potter's Emma Watson had enjoyed a night at a New York pole dancing joint. She said, as club owner Peter Stringfellow said, my clientele are mature individuals, both male and female, who like to come to a civilised environment. Isn't that marvellous that a page three girl can say that? Isn't that lovely? We wish you well with your career, Rosie. Rosie comes from Middlesex. Oh, good, one of her own. We're so pleased about that. Uh, the source of the Brown story speaks out. I have not had access to a child's medical records. A truth as I'll answer to God. Oh, that's always a good one to throw in. Throw in the Almighty and... Uh, oh, well, that's fine, then. That's fine. As long as you bring in God, we're fine about it. And uh, following allegations made by Gordon Brown against the Sun, we've been conducting an inquiry in line with normal practice and procedure. We're able to assure the Brown family we did not access the medical records of their son, nor did we commission anyone to do so. The story the son ran about their son originated from a member of the public whose family has also experienced cystic fibrosis. He came to the son with the information voluntarily because he wanted to highlight the cause of those affected by the disease. Why? Why, why would you... I mean, I, why was it his job to do that? Explain to me why somebody would go to the son and go, I've got a son with cystic fibrosis. I want to, uh, I want to alert people to the cause of the disease and people affected by it. So that then prompts Rebecca to phone up them saying, we know your son's got cystic fibrosis. How do they know? How did they know that bit? I'm not interested in the, in the hogwash that we appear to be fed beforehand. But on receipt of the information, the son approached Mr Brown and discussed with his colleagues how best to present it. He didn't want it presented. That was the trouble. I thought that was what he said yesterday. You know, he was upset and he cried. They said the article was written sensitively. It might have been written sensitively. I don't believe that this, this unnamed individual goes voluntarily to the son to say, you know, I've got a son with cystic fibrosis and, uh, and, he's, and he's, said, he's done a written affidavit to a lawyer confirming it. But who is he? Why is he so embarrassed about coming forward? Can somebody explain to me why they would be keeping this man's secret? He wants to talk about his own son, affected by cystic fibrosis, and yet wants to remain anonymous, has been filmed with his back to the camera. Why, why would you not want to come forward with this information? Is there, something, is there some sinister reason why you're not being identified or why you've chosen not to identify yourself? I mean, is it because you're not, you know, you're not, are you an actor? What are you? Explain to me why you, if you've got a son who's got cystic fibrosis, why you'd not want to speak out about it. I don't quite understand. I think there's something rather nasty there. I don't like the sound of that bit at all. I just want to know the truth. All we want is the truth. I don't, want any, I don't want any hogwash. I don't want anybody to stand there going, you know, here's somebody in silhouette in camera. Why are you not identified? If it's such an important thing and you're calling basically Gordon Brown a liar, why don't you put, put this man up forward? Tell us who he is. That's what I want to know. I'm not asking anything more than that. I'm not asking for something unusual, are we? Perhaps we are in the son's terms. This, it strikes me as Murdoch going, well, you've got to fight back, you've got to fight back. The son could be at risk here, you've got to fight back on this one. Celebrity diets. Far more interested in that, because it's, it's the latest fad, isn't it? It is the latest fad where another celebrity loses a load of weight, mainly because they've either been paid by a DVD company, or they've tried a diet they've been given for free, and... Or failing that. I mean, most of the people that I'm going to mention in now are not known as fat people. For example, Katie Price is on the juice diet. Well, have you ever seen her fat? No. Not attractive in the face, but that's neither here nor there. But she's not fat. They, they've looked at this um, juice uh, diet invented by some bloke that she knows, uh, which involves two or three freshly extracted juices or smoothies a day alongside low-carb meals. 
So the man who's invented it, you know, and let's face it, we've had all sorts of crackpots who come up with diets over the year, from the hay diet to the baked bean diet to the Brussels sprout diet to everything else. He says it's loaded with vitamins, minerals, good fats and carbohydrates. The doctor says, and I'd rather believe a doctor, okay, than somebody who's not qualified, says lacking in calories, protein and essential fats, you'll be hungry and miserable. Well, that kind of sums Katie Price up, doesn't it? She is the most miserable person you've ever seen. Miss Misery Gut, she's known as. Beyonce. Does the lemon juice diet. What the hell is that? Let me tell you that this is a two-week, 600-calorie-a-day master cleanse that involves a diet of fresh lemon juice, as opposed to false lemon juice, I suppose, um, maple syrup, cayenne and water, along with a, a laxative tea in morning and night. Surely can't. Yeah, it is. A laxative tea. Uh, the, the doctor's verdict, why spend two weeks on the loo when you could just eat a more sensible diet? I agree. I agree. We all went years ago when they relaunched the Cambridge diet. Remember the Cambridge diet? This is a shake and this is some powder you mix up and all the rest of it. And they had all these journalists there and there were quite clearly some plants in the audience because we all sat there listening and somebody saying, I have tried the Cambridge diet and it was absolutely marvellous. And I thought, well, anything's good for a short period of time. And then at the very end, they said that it was done at the Savoy. Uh, right, uh, we've, we've prepared lots of the Cambridge diet food here or, uh, or there's the Savoy food over there. Well, you can imagine the choice, ladies and gentlemen. Every single journalist, whoosh, over to the Savoy food. Nobody touched the Cambridge diet at all. Uh, there's the Atkins diet. Lots of people. Robbie Williams has tried it. Halle Berry, Jerry Halliwell. To be honest with you, does it make any difference to you, ladies and gentlemen, if a celebrity is doing a diet? I mean, do you seriously believe that Cheryl Cole has ever been on a diet? Do you seriously... Be- she's on a diet. But I, I think she's just... I mean, she looks ill. She looks ill. They say here, Martin McCutcher, Elizabeth Hurley, and this is, um, this is a sort of, it's a, it's a blood group diet, depending on what your blood group is. But, um, however, the doctor says there is no evidence for this diet. You lose weight by eating less and exercising more. The blood group theory is, is a distraction. In the same way that there's a doctor in the paper today who says, where has this garbage come from? That if you drink six pints of water a day or six glasses, it's going to be good for your system and cleanse you. She says there is no evidence to suggest this at all. It's rubbish. So now you know. Uh, Pauline Quirk has been on Lighter Life. And here we go. Who, who's actually been on it? Because this is obviously appealing to the lower end of the market. Big Brother's Alison Hammond. I don't think it's work, dear. I do beg your pardon. But, I mean, I'm sorry. You're the size of a house. And uh, James Arge Argent. It really hasn't worked. It really, really hasn't worked. They say here, it's based on a very low-calorie diet plan and meal replacement powders. It's a quick fix, not a long-term solution. So, in other words... Quick, lose the weight, fantastic. What are you going to do? You're going to pile it on twice as big. Look at Alison Hammond. She's enormous. And that's the woman who's been on a diet. Good grief. Uh, the gastric band is fit- fitted by Fern Britton. Uh, Kate Middleton's been on the Ducan diet. Who else has been on it? Oh, loads of things. It's always, it's always some people that come up with it. Weight uh, Watchers Pro Points, Catherine Zeta-Jones. Claire Sweeney's been on that one. And uh, Jennifer Hudson. It calculates the... Uh, they, they say uh, Weight Watchers, Slimming World and all Rosemary Connolly are all sensible plans. I, I can give you that diet now, ladies and gentlemen, little and often. Eat as much as you want, as long as it's little portions. Little portions and some exercise, and that will help. That will help. Kim Kardashian is on uh, the, the cookie diet. The cookies are filled with amino acids, suppressing hunger and helping you to slow down. The doctor's verdict, the calorie level is OK, but you need to fork out eight quid a day for the cookies. There's another one I've seen where they actually cook the food for you and have it delivered. 
So, so you eat, and that's apparently supposed to be really good for you. Little and often, little and often. The, the reason that we're all, you know, getting bigger and bigger is the, uh, is the influx on the high street of, uh, of disgusting fast food places. That's all it is. It's absolutely awful. They're everywhere. And it's that quick fix. Oh, look, we could just go and get a pizza. We can just go and get a bit of KFC. We can have a bit of favourite chicken or whatever it happens to be. There's all sorts of different things. And we can have this, we can have that. Or we can go and we can have a, uh, a sandwich. All the supermarkets now do sandwiches and they do, you know, special low-calorie sandwiches and you can have this and that. And it's, it's huge business. Absolutely enormous business. The, the truth of the matter is, you know, I've seen people sitting in KFC with a party bucket and a Diet Coke. It ain't going to work. Drinking Diet Coke doesn't make you lose weight. I think people think it does. They think, if I drink this and not the full fat stuff, I'm going to remain thin. My friend Michael, he won't mind you t- me telling you this, he drinks Diet Coke all the time. He doesn't drink alcohol. He's not an alcohol person. He, in fact, most of my... I don't think I've got any friends that drink. It's a bit worrying, really. But he only drinks Diet Coke. He's bigger than I am. Admittedly, he does like his food, and he's decided yesterday he wants to get a juicer, because he said, I want to drink more uh, smoothies and juices in the morning. And I said, well, smoothies are really bad for you. And the reason they're really bad for you is because they're full of sugar. They're full of fructose, and people think, oh, that's great. If you drink smoothies, that's healthy. No, it's not. It really isn't healthy for you. All these fruit juices have got tons and tons of sugar in them. And so when they go, and I have to be honest, the first time I had it, I went, oh! Innocent do this banana and strawberry smoothie. That's delicious. But they're all mixed with orange juice. And the calories come in the strawberries. Uh, bananas are supposed to be quite good for certain bits and pieces, and it's a nice combination. But it's really bad. It's really bad. People think if they drink that, that's OK. You're going to be really healthy. That's your five a day. We joke about it, don't we? The five a day. And then Michael was saying, he said, I'm going to drink lots of carrot juice. I said, yeah, that's good, but you don't want your fingers to turn orange, do you, because of the carotene in there? And he said, well, he said, definitely smoothies are very good. I said, well, not really. If you are an overweight person, smoothies are the last things that you want to, uh, to touch. Water you can have, you know, all sorts of, of, of stuff like that. But dieting, as anybody would tell you, is the most boring thing under the sun. I mean, I did buy another two salads yesterday, because I've decided if I can actually, you know, eat a salad a day, then it might be a little bit... I don't feel any different. I really don't feel any different. I'm trying to feel different, but it's, it's not working, I'm afraid. The day lifts up and about this morning. Morning, Mark. Nice to have your company. 84850stevedlbc.co.uk. Malcolm is on the seafood diet. Seafood? And wants to eat it. OK. That's okay. See, the trouble is, it's, it's pizzas. Pizzas you shouldn't have every day. They're really, really bad for you. They're really, really, really fattening. And even if you ask, you know, the, the makers of all the pizzas, they say, should you have pizza every day? And they will immediately go, um, no. No, you should, you should eat sensibly, maybe once a week. I'm thinking, yeah, right. They're not going to stop people eating it, though, are they? Because pizza is one of those really easy things to do. People go out, they have it delivered, and they go, if we ordered pizza, OK. Should we get some garlic bread? That's what the first thing people say. Let's get some garlic bread. And thereby hangs the... Te- and when you go out, Pizza Hut do, as far as I remember, absolutely delicious. And, and it was uh, garlic bread, but with cheese on the top. Oh, crikey. Absolutely lovely, lovely. I remember you doing the sports programme, and I must admit, says Paul, you did have me fooled. Mind you, in a previous life, when I was a news agent, I often review the papers on some of your sister stations in the Midlands. As you say, somebody in the studio uh, who knows what they're doing helps. The only thing that threw me was pronouncing some of the foreign player names. 
And um, he says, don't want to know about Cheryl and why she's taking him back. And have to ask, would the guy who got in touch with the son about Gordon's son be so happy if they'd run a story about him? We know, for example, because you have told us that you're diabetic, but would, be in the, would it be in the public interest for us to know if you didn't want to say? I don't think so, unless you were sort of doing a... Yes. He said, one Harper we missed on the list was Harper's Bazaar, who recorded the song Feeling Groovy. Feeling groovy. He said, if you could choose one venue in the UK other than London to play, where would it be? Now, that is a tough... I don't know. Never thought about it, really. Never thought about it. I shall think about it during the uh, the small news break which we have coming up. It's quarter to six. These are the headlines this morning. Rupert Murdoch's plan to take full control of B-Sky B is being opposed by all three main political parties. A motion tabled by the Labour leader Ed Miliband is being supported by the Tories and Lib Dems. Meanwhile, the Sun newspaper have sent LBC a video of the man they claim gave them the story about Mr Brown's son having cystic fibrosis. It comes after News International denied accessing the medical records of the former Prime Minister's son, Fraser, yesterday. And a single UK ticket holder has won the Euro Millions jackpot, a record-breaking £161 million. It's the biggest ever lottery win in Europe, but we don't know yet whether it's been won by an individual or a syndicate. Let's have a check on the road, shall we, this morning? It's Jay Louise. Thank you, Steve. Good morning in Hackbridge, the eight. Morning, every 13 minutes to six. I remember mentioning a few weeks ago on the programme, if not a few months, that every time I took the bus and it went past the Waldorf Hotel in London, I got quite angry that all the light bulbs were out. Three quarters of the little light bulbs in the sign that says Waldorf Hotel were out. And I kept thinking, for goodness sake, get a ladder up there and put some bulbs in. Well, I'm delighted to report that over the last few weeks... They have got their little cherry picker out and they have put all the light bulbs in and it looks a hundred times better. It absolutely looks wonderful now because if you're sitting on the bus, you're at the right level. Before, it just looked as though it was a bit tired and the Waldorf's got a name and it's a nice hotel. I've been to a lot of parties there. They do tea dances and, and you can have afternoon tea. So they've replaced all the light bulbs and it's now blazing out and looks absolutely wonderful. So well done. It goes to prove if you keep, if you keep complaining about something all the time, eventually... Something will be done, which is, uh, which is good. Um, oh, there's a bit of a row going on with the counterfeit Beatles and the bootleg Beatles. Now, I didn't even know that there was a group called the counterfeit Beatles because I'm only aware of the bootleg Beatles because we know Neil Harrison. And Neil Harrison runs the bootleg Beatles. And they're very, very good. And after years and years, he decided that he would hang up his hat and he would retire. So they were looking for somebody because uh, Neil played John Lennon. So they've got the group, they just needed another John Lennon. So they, they hunted around and they thought they'd, uh, they'd found somebody. So, and, and then that, that, they didn't find somebody. So they, they approached the counterfeit Beatles, Reuven Gershon, to step in. And so, because there's a, there's a lot of controversy over this now, Gershon has practised with the rival group, prompting the counterfeit founder, Peter Bailey, who plays Paul McCartney, to call for his return. Petru set up the group 14 years ago, says the counterfeits may, ma- na- may now sorry, have to ditch gigs as they struggle to replace their John. Well, I have to be honest, I've never seen the counterfeit Beatles. I've only ever seen the bootlegs, and the bootlegs are fantastic. They play the Royal Albert Hall. So what will happen is they will carry on, and Neil will carry on managing them. And they're very, very good. I mean, they're very, very good. I defy anybody to sort of to tell the difference between... Between them and the real Beatles, they were that good. But uh, anyway, they say Reuven was invited to an open audition six months ago. We knew nothing about it. Now we know he's been practising with their George Harrison and played a gig last week. 
Apparently he will be joining them, but where are we going to get a replacement John from? Well, the answer is they've just trawled like anybody else. They've said, listen, this is what we're offering, and these are all the gigs that we've got lined up, and somebody would be foolish not to want to move up, would they not? So apparently that's, that's now all kicked off. <gasps> I don't know, there'll be ruction. Neil lives down in, uh, in Richmond, actually, but he, he has decided that uh, he wants to, to take a back, a back seat. Uh, Tom Daly has revealed, finally, he's terrified of heights. He said, as he throws himself off the 10-metre board 50 times a week, and I couldn't do it. Oh, sorry, I might just upset the producer again. We've got another picture of the, of the crocodile. OK. Why is he going to find it again? But it's, it's a better picture, just to prove to you how, uh, how big this thing is. Oh, sorry, wait a minute. Bear with me, Poppy. Oh, Jamie's splitting from Sainsbury's. He's decided he's not going. Jamie Oliver. <gasps> it is big, isn't it? It's really frightening. It is big, isn't Why it? Why has that man got his hand on Well, he's him? holding the, the, the meat. It's, he's holding the meat to get it to come out of oh, the water. I'd rather him than me. Yeah. He wouldn't catch just, me So that. don't go to Adelaide, Poppet. <laughs> we'd lose you completely. We'd have to, <laughs> we'd have to stomach pump it to get you out. <laughs> you could actually set up a flat inside his stomach. There's enough room. <laughs> Graham says, I don't think many people could survive the shock of winning 161 million. I'm coping. I'm coping, thank you very much indeed. Phil says, if this crocodile lost its leg to another crocodile, how big was the other one? Obviously a darn sight bigger than this one. Uh, Lenny says, the Sun didn't have to print the story. I know, I don't really see, uh, you know, why it was necessary to print it. I'm still dubious over this man who said that he contacted the Sun, or they said he contacted them, so he could, you know, draw attention to it. Well, why is this man not being identified? Identify him. Make it sound a bit more believable, please. Uh, Stephen Croydon says, I've discovered a great new diet. It's called the Stop Eating Garbage Diet, and it works a treat. I lost a stone in five weeks. A bit too much to lose. You're supposed to lose two pounds a week. That's what they say safely you're supposed to uh, lose. So just be, uh, just, be, uh, just be careful if you're doing these crash diets. And the crash diets are the ones where they say, oh, look, you see all the adverts. I've seen them before. Very misleading. If you lose too much weight, stop taking the tablets. There's no way that you can take any tablets, let me tell you, here and now, and, and the weight just falls. Where do you think the fat goes? It doesn't dissolve. All that skin that you've got on the outside, where do you think that goes to? I love the way that people think that if, if, if you take a tablet or you, or you take an injection or something like that, that the, that the weight disappears and all of a sudden your skin tightens up. Your skin doesn't shrink again. You've got all that excess skin. Where's that going to go? I feel very sorry for a guy called Michael Buckland this morning. Michael Buckland was doing a, a great act and uh, he saw a gannet lying on a beach and it was wounded. And so he decided to take it... To, um, to a rescue centre. So he picked it up, and I don't know if you've ever seen what gannets look like. This thing, quite clearly, they're not, they're not handled birds at all, pecked his eye out. He was holding it, it turned round, and with its beak went... And it's, he's now blind in one eye. They couldn't save the eye at all. And it hit him with its six-inch beak. He said, my eye was hanging out. Because this thing would just... It literally sort of dislodged the eyeball. It's an extremely rare one-off event say the RSPB, but uh, as he was rushed to hospital, they weren't able to save the eye. So my advice is, if ever you're picking up birds, make sure you've got a hand clamp round their beak. Because you've only got to see herons and stuff like... Even swans give you a very nasty peck. Very nasty peck. And if you're going along to um, a Morrissey gig, be warned, he's having bags searched because he doesn't want any meat 
at his gigs, because meat is murder for Morrissey, and so if anybody turns up with a sausage sandwich, it's going to be confiscated. He's decided, who takes a sausage sandwich? Well, I always take sausage... If I'm, I'm on, often sitting at home thinking, I'm going to go to a Morrissey concert tonight, let me just do a ham, cheese and pickle, and a sausage sandwich. And I shall sit in the front row, and I shall eat it very slowly. And then I shall produce a hot dog, and I shall eat that as well. And <laughs> a kebab and anything else. But apparently, stunned fans have been turning up. He's most peculiar, Morrissey. It has to be said. Did he not do a gig a short while ago, and somebody was selling hot dogs and one of these hot dogs, and he went, I can smell meat, and he, he walked off the stage. A little bit sad, really. You know, not, not grown up at all, because how he walks down the high street, I'll never know. He must find it dreadfully difficult going round a supermarket. Oh, look, there's a whole counter full of meat. Good Lord. He probably doesn't do his own shopping, does he? He's probably a little bit too, too grand for something like that. Oh, and Sally Morgan... You know we love Sally Morgan. Dear deluded Sally Morgan. Hello, love. Hello. Yeah, she's up there on a cloud, yeah. Here is today's letter from Danny. I lost my ma'am two years ago. Does anybody really say I lost my ma'am two years ago? Uh, Her name was Margaret, and at times I find it hard to cope since I was close. I wanted to know if she's still watching over us and if she's okay in the spirit world. I go to your show when you are performing in Sunderland and I watch you on TV. You make me feel so much better when you give messages to other people because it makes me believe more and more. Well, Danny, it's your turn today because dear Sally has replied to you. Your ma'am is apparently watching over you and she's there for everything. You could have written to me, Danny. I'd have told you this for nothing. You don't need to pay to go to a concert for this. And uh, she's in an amazing place. She's in heaven. How does deluded Sally Morgan know this? Answer, she doesn't. It's as simple as that. You can never prove anything like this. She can't prove it, and you can't prove it. It's a little bit the, how do you bend metal? You know, you're doing it with the power of your mind. No, you're not. They've also said, no such thing now, this will upset Sally Morgan, as out-of-body experiences. A leading psychiatrist has said, it's not true, I'm afraid. It's really not true. It's, uh, It's delusional. As delusional as your ma'am is sitting up there in heaven on a cloud looking down and it's all fine. If that's what makes people feel better, but don't try and pretend things to them. Because that's called telling fibs. And and that's not very nice at all. 84850, steve at uh, Two things struck me about this nasty state of affairs. This will be the, uh, the Gordon Brown thing. Could it be that Gordon Brown told this man about his son in confidence and now feels ashamed for breaking the story? Or... And far more likely, the guy doesn't want to let his family and friends know how much he trousered from the sun for telling it. I'd be interested to know, if he did get money, did he donate it to the Cystic Fibrosis Society? Well, I don't know, because the man is not identified. We, we might never know the answer to that, because they could, you know, hold up that journalistic piece of paper and say, listen, we choose to protect our source, because we, we have a video of this guy. He's not identified... And he's just saying, I did this and I've signed an affidavit. You have to then, I suppose, make up your own mind if you believe it. If you believe the story. And also, why, why this man, and Paul raised a couple of good points there, why he doesn't want to be identified? Did he get paid for doing this? Because it was a front-page story. It's not the nicest thing. If I choose to tell people about my diabetes, then that's my business. But if, if you have somebody in the family and they've got an illness that you don't want it, and then a journalist phones up, or in this case, the editor phones up and says, we're running this story, and you go, oh, OK, right. Because there's not really a lot you can say, is there? What, 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 do, you, what do you say? Um, well, I don't want you to run that story, but I don't have any comment to make. And they then go, well, it's too late, it's gone to press. That's what they, they generally do. 
And I suppose he might have been in a catch-22 situation. Whatever, whatever happens, it's not very nice. But the parties are now uniting to shun Murdoch. What next? Closure of the Sun? Closure of the Sunday Times? Murdoch kicked out? Andy Coulson jailed? Rebecca Brooke jailed? Are all these things likely? Who knows? Only time will tell, I should imagine. We'll talk about some of the uh, other implications of this uh, in the next part of the programme. I did say the out-of-body experiences, all in the mind, I'm afraid. All in the mind. No such thing. No such thing as people dying, going to heaven and coming back down again. Coloured lights et al, I'm afraid. It just is not happening. It's made up. One, one, eight, four, three, four... Morning, everybody. Wednesday morning in London town. It's nice to have your company, as usual. It, uh, it rolls on the bandwagon. This time, uh, Gordon Brown locked in an extraordinary war of words with News International in an unprecedented attack by a former Prime Minister on a leading business. Mr Brown claimed Rupert Murdoch's media group had links with the criminal underworld and accused it of using disgusting methods to gain access to personal information. Questions will be asked, as they say. Being Wednesday, Jonathan Levi's back with us again. Good morning, Steve. Good morning. So, strangely enough, on the son's revelation that his son Fraser had cystic fibrosis, Gordon Brown said yesterday, when Rebecca Brooks rang me, I was in tears. Your son is now going to be broadcast across the media. Sarah and I were incredibly upset. If the Browns really were appalled by the conduct of Mrs Brooks and the paper. They didn't show it. Sarah Brown helped organise Mrs Brooks' 40th birthday party, and in June 2008 even held a slumber party for the editor at Chequers. Guests included Rupert Murdoch's wife Wendy and his daughter Elizabeth. I mean, it does seem a little bit late to start coming up with this now, and the son of, of all but called him a fibber on the front page. Doesn't it seem like classic Gordon Brown, though, doesn't it? It just reminds me of back when he was Prime Minister, when everything he did, everything he got involved with, every statement he made, seemed to somehow backfire, and he sort of, somehow, sort of blew up back in his face mm. again. And, 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 it's and getting, again... It's going from bad to worse, though, this, isn't it? I mean, every day there's something else that comes out. Well, it's... Didn't we say that last week, though, that it's like the expenses thing? There's just going to be a steady drip feed of, of things. People who know far more than they're saying, slowly revealing one thing after another. Well, Rebecca said that. She said there is more to come out. And we, we were asking the question yesterday. Fr- friends of mine were sort of saying, what more can come out? I mean, ha- having discovered that the Queen has been hacked and, and, you know, criminal records have been found on different... What else can come out? How much worse can it get? I mean, how much higher does it go? Well, I guess it can shift from phone hacking into emails and other correspondence and other communication. It might turn out that people were bugged. It might turn out, you know, it may, who knows? I don't know. I mean, it may be that, that there are just various other ways and various other examples of of of, of newspapers and, and and the police and, and, and politicians working together in, 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 in a sort of very unsavoury ways. Well, you've now got uh, Wayne Rooney, who is uh, set to sue over claims his mobile phone may have been hacked. He earns... I mean, he's actually in a financial position to do it because he earns £220,000 a week. For normal people, you know, saying that they're going to sue... They won't be able to afford to sue because you have to have a lot of money to better take the papers on because they're going to vigorously contest it. And um, they say his his phone may have been hacked by journalists working for the News International title. Yesterday, it emerged that the Manchester United striker and his agent had appointed a team of lawyers to look into the claim. So already they've started spending money. With the ultimate aim of of what, I've got no idea. They're going to represent the pair in any dealing with the criminal investigation being set out by the Met, as well as the public inquiry. Apparently 4,000, they say tens of thousands of people could have been hacked. 
Yeah. But so far, they've contacted 170. Yeah. It's going to take forever, isn't it? And it's only very, very recently that everybody's been up in arms about it, really. Mm. I mean, people were just being paid off for a while, weren't they? There was just a spate where people... Well, they did. They paid I was hacked. Miller. Exactly. I was hacked. Oh, 20 grand. I was hacked. Okay, 100 grand. Yes. They're just large sums of money being swapped behind the scenes in return for, you know... Not pursuing, not pursuing it, and and now the, the the sort of tide has changed. Now everybody's up in arms. But now that the uh, journalists at the News of the World were accused because the News of the World doesn't exist anymore, the journalists still exist. Uh, were accused of paying the police to find celebrities using high tech mobile phone tracking equipment. I mean, it's not that difficult. I mean, I should imagine you have on your phone the same as I do a number of celebrity phone numbers. It wouldn't be that difficult. If I said to you, do you have a number for so-and-so, we need to contact them, you could then pass me a number of a celebrity. Yeah. Would that be seen as something that we shouldn't be doing? I'm not sure how, how far know. you can go with things now. I don't know. Or is I that d- number private to you, and if you then give it to me, then you can be in trouble with the celebrity? And they go... Because I remember phoning up a celebrity, and um, because I had their number, because they'd been in to be interviewed by me, and they'd given me their home number, and I called it when I went to work somewhere else... And uh, said, I was so and so that no, she's not here at the moment. The next day I get a call from the agent, don't you dare call my client at home again. And so I, I was trying to explain to her, but she gave me her home number. Yeah. What do you think I'm going to do with it? Yeah, exactly. The thing is, it's all. And then this other crime that came out, you know, yesterday or the day before, blagging. This notion of blagging. Um, blagging that, Getting freebies. No, journalists um, or paying people to effectively masquerade as somebody else in order to gain confidential information that they're not really meant to get and oh, then to right. use that confidential information yeah. inside articles. And as if... The thing is, I'm slightly conflicted about all of this because there is an extent in which that's just good journalism and that's just sort of what you do. That's what Nick said the other day. He said what, what it's going to stop is is proper journalists trying to get information for a story that would be in the public interest. I mean, I won't mention the paper. My very first work experience was in a broadsheet newspaper. Mm. In that broadsheet newspaper, they were doing an article about a very well-known make of car, and they wanted to do a piece about the celebrities that drove that very well-known make of car. Mm. They asked me, as on work experience, as a little task, to try and find out from one of the flagship garages that sells that car, which celebrities bought that car. Hmm. Now, I rang them up and I pretended to be doing a school project to try and find out which celebrities drive that make of car right. because I was told by the newspaper that they wouldn't give me that information if I was straight about what I was doing. And I managed to get that information from that very well-known car manufacturer about various celebrities, which I then told the journalist about, who then put that in the story. Right. That's blagging. Yes. That's what they're saying you can't do. Blagging could also be seen as uh, doing somebody a favour, and as opposed to money changing hands, they take you out for dinners. Yeah. Or or they give you a gift. It used to be years ago. I can remember uh, a lot of um, DJs who were very famous in the country at the time. When they went out to do a gig, they got half of it in cash and half of it in goods. So, in other words, I think one of them had a complete new wardrobe you know, clothes and all the rest of it, and half of the, the fee in cash. Yeah. And uh, we've all done so. Somebody says, oh, can you do so-and-so for... You know, like I, I might say, ask you, oh, you know, could you get me so-and-so as an interview? And then I'd take you out for dinner. Yeah. As like, uh, as opposed to me going here, it's because it would look a bit silly, me giving you 50 yeah, quid. Yeah. So I'd take you out for lunch or dinner or something like that. Yeah. But that it, goes on all the time. Goes on all the time. 
I don't know. It's very difficult. It's very difficult. And, you know, we do have as as readers and as consumers of media an insatiable appetite for stories. Mm. And it's not that... A lot of those stories aren't that easy to get. Well, they've now wiped off £5 billion off the the shares of News International. And I'll, I'll ask you in a second whether or not you feel comfortable reading a News International publication. Now, how much of it do you believe? We'll find out in a moment from Jonathan Levi. It's quarter past six. His headlines, Holly Ford. The House of Commons will vote later on a motion urging... Ten. Morning, everybody. Nice to have your company. This is LBC. 18 minutes past six is the time. So, in, in the light of hacking, and it can drive people to distraction at the moment because it's just building like topsy. Uh, I have to ask you, Jonathan, have you lost faith in News International? Do you trust any of the Murdoch papers? Do you believe everything you read in there? And do you think that you're representative of what the public would be saying? Um, I don't believe everything I read in the papers, but that doesn't just apply to Murdoch papers. Uh, but I do still have faith in News International, and I do still read those newspapers, and I will continue to. I, I haven't lost faith in, the, in that. I don't think that the organisation is in any way institutionally corrupt. I don't think journalism is in any way mm. institutionally corrupt. I think these are uh, practices and certain instances and certain individuals of things that are no longer acceptable that have come to light after the event and th- lessons will be learnt and people will move on and institution uh, practices will change. It mm. doesn't feel... It feels like a huge storm at the moment, but... Um, one that will blow over. And let's face it, if, if you seriously believe, ladies and gentlemen, that they're the only people doing it, take a good look at MI6. Look at that huge building across the other side of the Thames, yeah. the enormous one that's so secret everybody knows about it, yeah. and ask yourself, how many people are they hacking into? Yeah. How many bank accounts have they managed to get access to? How much money have they given people in return yes. for? Absolutely, for information. That's called spying nowadays. Uh, Noreen's very worried. I got the book about the Queen Mother the other day. She said, mine hasn't arrived yet. I'm going to investigate. <laughs> I'm going to, well, just go onto your uh, Amazon account and find out whether or not it's been dispatched. But they went to Norfolk the other day, and um, she said we did get there in one piece, a place called Winterton. Sounds lovely. It's very flat, Norfolk, isn't it? Uh, yes. Very flat. I quite like it. Nick Ferrari this morning, looking at the, uh, the papers, is Phil Dampier, the journalist, author and royal commentator... Plus, they're looking at the political fallout of the phone hacking and B-Sky-B. Can they get a, a consensus between the three main parties? Uh, and on the police inquiry, former head of specialist operations at the Met Police, Andy Heyman, will be talking to Nick in uh, the light about the, uh, the session yesterday and how his comments and those of his colleagues were received. All of that and more with Nick Ferrari after the news at 7 o'clock. Now, uh, Jonathan Levi's not old enough to remember 1973... But in 1973, we all went out to pubs. Still do now. Uh, but we went out and we had pub grub. And pub grub, in 1973, um, in the butcher's arms, you could have a prawn cocktail for 30 pence. You could have uh, <laughs> pâté maison, 30 pence. That was house pâté. Ravioli was a starter then, surprisingly. 25 pence. Grapefruit cocktail, 20 pence. Now, they're trying to make grapefruit fashionable again. And I know, because I've, I've said you have to get a special knife to cut them inside or whatever else. Uh, for, uh, for main course, grilled halibut, 90 pence. <laughs> this is 1973. It's depressing, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Gammon, egg and pineapple, my favourite, yum, 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 <laughs> 85 pence. And for pudding, sherry trifle, 20 pence. Oh, lovely. Strawberry flan, 25 pence. Obviously a bit of a shortage on strawberries. Ice cream, 15 pence. Chocolate gatto, 30 pence. However, Rhodes 24 menu 2011, a starter, scallop ravioli with buttered samphire and roast scallop sauce, £14.50. <laughs> Roasted English wood pigeon and beetroot tartlet, sour cream dressing, £13.80. 
Mm. Sounds quite nice, though, doesn't it? Uh, main courses, uh, steamed halibut, seared white asparagus, casserole of peas, broad beans and wild mushrooms, £29.70. I love the idea, a casserole of peas, broad beans and wild... This will be just those three items put into a, uh, to a pot, won't it? Well, these are the gastropubs born in the 1990s, aren't yes. they? And, and for dessert, caramelised apricot tart, pistachio mousse and white chocolate ice cream, 8 95 Yeah. That sounds quite nice, doesn't it? Iced summer berry mousse topped with toasted meringue, warmed elderflower glazed fruit. <laughs> sounds quite delightful, doesn't it, really? Although I'd still perhaps go cheese board 15 pence back from 1973. <laughs> so there you go. So in other words, Delia's pub grub beats today's posh restaurants. Yes. Yeah. Probably not as good for you, because it was all deep-fried and everything else in those days, wasn't it? But even when I was a child, it was only really pub gardens that you could go and sit in, or sit out in. There weren't cafes with sort of paper no, no, cafes. No, no, no. Or no. sort of... Oh, no, um, it's only recently we were all going to sit by a filthy, dirty road. Oh, yeah. And have a cup of coffee. You had to or... go and you sit in a pub garden. Yes. It's the only place. In fact, we used to drive around looking for pubs with a garden yeah. that said food. And you'd go and they go, do you do food? Yeah. they go, menu's there. Yeah. And they'd sort of hand this sort of tatty thing over to you. Or it would be one thirty-two, and they say, no, we stopped serving at one thirty. Yeah, sorry about that. No, kitchen, chef's gone home now. Chef's gone home. <laughs> chef's closed. <laughs> I'll pay for chef to open the kitchen. Please <laughs> do that. Uh, last year, 240,000 complaints to the BBC. That's the highest number since records began, I think. Well, moving on to the BBC. Hmm. Jonathan Ross, 6 million. Chris Evans, 1.1 million. Wow. Jeremy Paxman's 1 million. Graham Norton, 2 million. Anne Robinson, 1 million. Alan Hansen, 1.1 million. Gary Lineker, 1.5 million. The number of stars, the number of big names at the BBC on taxpayers' money, trousering that much money per year. And the list goes on and on and on, and there's dozens more on £500,000 a year. Chris Moyles, Bruce Forsyth, £500,000 a year. Andrew Marr, £600,000 a year. I mean, the, the huge sums of money. How does Jeremy Paxman warrant... That much money when his audiences must be quite small. Newsnight is a very interesting case because it's a it's a flagship news program in an era that has moved on in that way. Yes, and you don't need or expect you get it on everything else. You've got now. it on everything else. Yes. You can look at news all day. You can get you it can... with um, how are you in the in the morning. Get it from Christine Bleakley. Admittedly, it's the sort of the watered down version. But you listen to LBC. Look at the stuff online. You don't need a you don't need a sort of daily news update or roundup. Not paying somebody that much. No. no I mean, I to be honest with you, things have changed. You know, I mean, you know, a, a salary of one hundred and fifty thousand would be more than adequate. Yeah. For these people, and when you think, and you get very good people wanting to do it as yes, well. Yes, but what are they, what like do these people do as well? And I don't want to sort of single her out because I like her a lot. But Claire Claire Balding has just managed to get herself a job on Country File. Yeah, but she's writing an autobiography. You know, talking about when the and it was only because of the fact she's on the BBC that she's able to do this. So the BBC enables these people; it gives them a profile, and at the same time, they can bring out an autobiography. So nobody's totally committed one hundred percent, are they? No. So it, it's, it's just, it's a platform now. But to pay somebody that much, you know, I mean, uh, Fiona Bruce, they reckon, in the 500 to £749,000 bracket, for doing what? Yeah. Graham standing Norton. in front of a camera, having somebody do your makeup. I agree. Graham Norton, who I admire enormously, mm. I think he's a brilliant presenter, fantastic on the radio, fantastic on television. I think he's very, very talented. He said a very, I think, he's, uh, a very, very good quote from him. I would take a pay cut to stay at the BBC. We're all in the same boat. No one's immune from the credit crunch. I'm very, very fortunate that I'm well paid to do jobs that I love. Would I do jobs of those? Would I do the same jobs of less money? Of course I would. Yes. Absolutely. And good on Graham Norton. Yes. Because you know a lot of those people wouldn't say that. They would. Say, I deserve every penny, and in the commercial sector, I could be paid even more. 
and you know which is untrue it is untrue yeah. but um and also they don't get the loyalty that they get from the from the brand i suppose i've seen people before go from the bbc and the security there to itv for more money when the bb i, I remember the, the classic case of Morecambe and wise and they got moved from christmas yeah. day to boxing day and they went well we've always been on christmas day always been so and so they then defected to itv the show then didn't have any of the credibility the last one had because they were peppered with ad breaks. Michael Parkinson, exactly the same. One minute, you know, Parky was on the BBC and had the run of the mill and all the rest of it. Next minute, it's a watered-down version full of, full of um, you know, of, of all these ad breaks to pay for the blooming thing. It's very difficult to move channels. There are very few examples of it working. Yeah. I know, I know a, uh, a couple of presenters who've taken pay cuts. They've ended up doing more programmes for the same money, yeah. or they've ended up taking a pay cut. Yeah. And that's quite normal. So for, for, for Graham to say that is absolutely quite right. If, yeah. if, if somebody comes to you... I mean, luckily, I'm at the cheaper end of the scale, so I'm fine. But, uh, but if, if the boss comes to you and says, listen, we don't have any money this year, we still want to use you, but we don't have any, any money then you, you would generally go, well, that's fine. I mean, years ago, you might have turned around and gone, well, that's, I'm not going to work. And they go, our hands are tied. Yeah. What can we do? You know, the big bosses have said there isn't any more money there, so you either work or you don't work. I think, it, you know, it comes down, as long as you've got a standard of living and you're fine and you're happy, that's great. It is. I've not had a pay increase for years. No. I don't want to go on about it or anything well, like that. Make sure it's a big deal about it. I've had new curtains in the bedroom for ages now. <laughs> I'm working on tattered old bin bags hanging up there. It's all very sad. <laughs> Most people <laughs> haven't had a pay rise for a very long time. But the BBC, um, off-screen, with its executive pay, mm. do seem to be making a bit of a difference and are cutting... Um, some it's exec- a bit slow, though, exec- isn't it? Pay. It is still slow. There are two senior managers uh, made redundant by the BBC as part of its cost-cutting drive cost the corporation in excess of £1.3 million pounds to axe. Yeah. Because they've got redundancy money. Yeah, which is an awful lot. It does seem ridiculous. Yeah. Anyway, we'd love to your- have your opinions on the hacking scandal. What do you think that means for Murdoch's future? What do you seriously think it means? Do you think it means the collapse of News International... Do you think it means that Mr Murder will become immensely ill and that will detract away from everything completely? Uh, Rebecca will hand her notice in. Uh, Andy Coulson will um, go to the gallows with his hands held high. What does it mean, do you think? 84850, LBC 973. And also celebrity diets. Have you ever followed one? They were looking in the paper today, Jonathan, and all the celeb- They're all stick-thin celebrities. Not one of them, apart from Pauline Quirk, is, is a fat person. Um, and she's on Lighter Life. Macrobiotic, baby food, juice, lemon juice, yeah. cookie, Atkinson, lots of very strange all, diets. All, all diets do. As somebody said to me once, if, if diets worked, there'd be one. If a diet worked, there'd be one. Not the billions of diets that there are around. Every so often, there's another diet and another celebrity going, look how much I've lost. You watch, you mark my words, a year from today, Pauline Quirk will be back where she started from, because guaranteed the weight goes on. You cannot do anything about it. The lighter life diet is a, is a short, sharp shock diet. It's not long term. Long term is little often an exercise. And unless she maintains that, the weight will be piled back on. Yeah. Apparently Alison Hammond is on it. Well, I'm, I'm, I rest my case, I'm afraid. I mean, so these are just enormous people, aren't Yes, they? diets don't work. You no. know, some people are lucky. You're lucky you've actually managed to maintain your, your, uh, your figure. And, and added a bit to it since last week, I've noticed, but that's rather nice. <laughs> and, um, and then Topshop have used... They put a very thin model in the papers. They've had to take it out. Uh, they say she's a size 8 who le- eats well. Well, I've never seen anybody look so ill. Anyway, they, they, they've now removed it because, obviously, it's not... You know, the majority of people... Look on the high street. They're not these stick-thin models at all. No. They really aren't. But there is some good news this morning, ladies and gentlemen. Just when you thought there was no good news, they've invented a beach mat that keeps the sand out. 
How cool is that? You know, you sit there and all of a sudden the sand, and all of a sudden you find yourself sand stuck to your bottom and everything. Oh, dreadful, dreadful. So, uh, all of that and more in the papers this morning. So, I shall be rushing out to see if I can find one of these beach. It's called the Sandless Beach Mat. It's made from patented woven polyurethane. Sounds delightful, doesn't it? Just the kind of thing you want to sit on on the beach. But as long as it keeps the sand out of your bottom, you're all right. I think you should be fine. Oh, we, we, I might have won. You're a millions. Well, well, we all might have won. No, it's just that my wife has bought five tickets. Yes. And we haven't checked the numbers yet. And the winner is British. Yes. But, but did it say the winner is called Levi? I mean, does it, that, that is the clue. N- not yet, no. no. Well, there you go. Do you know what the numbers were? No. I'll tell you what the numbers are. I mean, t- to be honest, I haven't checked mine because I always do lucky dips. So yeah. it's very unlikely. The numbers you're looking for are 17, yeah. 19, yeah. 38, 42, 45... And the lucky star's nine and ten. Okay. It's only one person. And the amount that you're going to be asking for later on today is 161,653,000. Just make the cheque payable to Steve Allen, care of LBC, in Leicester Square to be fine, because the time's 6.30. Morning, everybody. 26 minutes to seven is the time. Could be a nice day today. Could be a nice day. There's no rain forecast, and the pollen forecast is moderate. Moderate. Um, people have now seen Wayne Rooney's hair transplant, and they're asking the question, did you really think it was 30,000 quid very well spent? Doesn't look any different at all, I'm afraid. Let mind you, if he felt better spending 30 grand, fine. It takes a while, doesn't it, to sort of grow into itself? Well, this one looks as though it's not going to grow anywhere. I mean, it just doesn't... Uh. It's a bit odd, really. It'd be easier to stick a, a toupee on. It would. You know, and sort of buy, and buy a nice toupee. And at least we could all have a laugh at the same time. There are some examples of good hair transplants out yes, there, aren't there? Yes, some people have been lucky. They're very few and far between, though. Yeah. Very few and far between. Uh, Madonna's back in the country again. And here she is. Uh, well, not actually, not, I tell a lie, not arriving here at uh, Ravi in New York. She's got the daughter, Lourdes, who's 14, looking right misery. But there again, most 14-year-olds look quite miserable. And uh, Christine in Bristol says, I felt down recently, but you've cheered me up. Because I've won the money and you're happy for me, isn't it? <laughs> I'm going to be arguing over who's won the money. Jonathan Levi and his family or me? Oh, yes. I think yeah. it's me. You think it's you? I think so. Do you, but the trouble is, if the odds were, what, what do they say, 50 to 70 million to one? It's sort of unlikely. It's to kind of me. unlikely. But, yeah. but it could be. Well, it is, it it is somebody, it's isn't it? It's got to be someone. Do you think they're going to go public? I wouldn't. Oh, well, I, I wouldn't go public either. No. How long could you keep it quiet for? Um, until I died. You, re- you, you could seriously do that? Oh, I'd try. Do you not think the wife would say... And the she'd not... have to know. Some people would have to know. Yeah, well, of course she'd have to know. <laughs> and the <laughs> children would I... have to know. <laughs> They'd have to you know. could have some more toys. Oh, goody, have we won the lottery? Yeah. Yes. Gold toys. Gold toys. Yes, everything's going to be gold-plated. Platinum toys. Oh, you could afford to shop anywhere. Yeah. Would, 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 would it change your life? I'd be going into Selfridges into that funny section with the sort of solid platinum marmite lids. Yes. Would you, would you be... See, I wouldn't be doing that no, kind I of stuff. Either. No, I No. I, I definitely wouldn't, wouldn't go public. No. Unless it was absolutely necessary. You'd be set upon by everybody you've ever met wanting money. Yes. Yes. Oh, it it would be dreadful, actually. And then every person you ever felt guilty about, you'd have to pay. Well, I I quite like the idea of giving people money. I'm I'm quite good at giving to charity. Yeah. I'd like to see sort of elderly people and say, excuse me, would you like that? I can imagine the Steve Allen Foundation... Oh, well, I can too. I can too. The yes, Steve Allen Foundation. The Steve Allen Foundation gives to. In fact, within a space of uh, less than a day, I could give away ten million pounds easily. Easily, yeah. And be very happy doing it. Yeah. Very happy. A million to Ethiopia, split between two charities. Million to Diabetes UK, British Heart Foundation. Two and a half million to Wilton's Music Hall. 
free dinner for her next door, because I've told her I'm going to take her to Chatham. No, ex- I'm not even going to charge her petrol in the car. She can sit in the car on the back seat. She can have a little napkin with some sandwiches on, which I'll get from M&S. And five million for me. And, uh... You just get sandwiches in the car, yeah. And we just drive, drive to Chatham and turn the car around and come back again. It's just so you can say you've sat on proper leather, you know? OK. And, uh, no, not five million to you. I'm not going for that one. Oh, I thought I'd slip that in. Yeah, I know, it? because all of a sudden it then became a binding contract. Oh. Uh, Laura says, I never go to any takeaways. The food I buy at supermarket is the problem. I try to stay away from those dangerous areas, but sometimes I need to get something near there, then I'm doomed. Well... I had a friend who did the same the other night. She said, I've just got in. I'm too tired to cook. She said, I think I'll get a takeaway pizza. She did. Very fattening, those Very takeaway bad. pizzas. Yes. Uh, Steve, I'm on the gin and tonic diet. The more that I drink, the better things get. My weight goes um, down. Or is it up? <laughs> down or up? Who knows? Who cares? <laughs> Andy and Skinny Stafford says, re-diets. As somebody who eats and eats and can't put on weight, I find it frustrating that all these skinny celebrities complain they're fat when they haven't got an ounce of fat on them. Well, they, they worry about that. Television makes you look fat, as, as you know, so. Jonathan. It, it, what's he just said? He eats and eats and can't put on weight. Mm. That sounds extremely fortunate. Well, yeah, but th- that, that might be illness. Oh, I see. Might be illness. I mean, oh, to be honest fortunate. with you, I've met people before who could eat a whole box of crisps yeah. and not put on any weight. Right. And eat Chinese takeaway after Chinese takeaway and not put on anything. I hate people like that. I hate people like that. Brian says, I can remember the day when you could only get a cheese roll or a pork pie. I know it was under one of those plastic covers. They go, one cheese roll left... You go, oh, it looks a bit sorry, doesn't it? Or two flavours of crisps. Ready salted or cheese and onion? That's right, yes. Sometimes you, nowadays you have to go, OK, we've got hedgehog, yeah. cheese and onion, I pork know. scratch. Wasabi peas. <laughs> Wasabi, about 300 different styles <laughs> of crisp. Uh, Steve, so one ticket holder is 161 million on Euro Millions and I didn't win a penny. Seems unfair. Well, you shouldn't have bought a ticket then, should you? No. It's your own problem. Uh, wouldn't it be lovely... If uh, the end of the news of the world saw the end of celebrity stories. No, no, no. no. How would we survive? We have to have celebrities. We've always had celebrity stories. Always. Back since time immemorial. Even the caveman was there doing celebrity stories about the caveman who had a bigger cave than he did. You know, and only dragged three wives out by their hair. So that was was a, a celebrity story then. And uh, read the Murdoch hacking story, says Lynn. It's a bit rich that even though Mr Brown was terribly upset about the story of his son, it didn't come out at the time whilst Murdoch was backing Labour. Yeah, well, exactly. There you go. That's the way it goes, isn't it, I'm afraid. So, rollering in it, in um, in the Sun, page 15, luxury cars and the sales of luxury cars were on the increase. It's a bit like BBC salaries, though, isn't it? And it's a bit like society generally. There's just an, um, this widening gulf of haves and have-nots. Yes. People who, are, people who can't afford petrol, are struggling with their bills, struggling with utilities, struggling with everything, struggling with their shopping, and then another section of society who are just absolutely loaded and minted and can afford whatever they want and are buying Rolls Royces, Aston Martins, and, mm. and Bentley Continentals like nobody's business. We're still More jealous then, aren't we? We're obviously still jealous of people who, who've, who've got things that we haven't got. Yeah. And yet I've been in the situation of not having things, you know, for years. Not having any food, frightened to answer the door in case the milkman wanted his money. Yeah. And all that kind of stuff. And existing on spaghetti. No, no, but we do like live that. in a very materialistic society. Yeah. We? we are obsessed with getting stuff and products and luxury. Well, because they're, they're constantly in the high street offering you a, a free card. You know, uh, do yeah. you have a, a boots cut? No. Do you have a, a this? No. Do you want I this cut? No. I, oh. I don't have anything. No, and yet, I, I know people, they open their wallet. 
And they've got hundreds. Hundreds, yeah. Hundreds of cards, and I think, God, your finances must be in a dreadful state. I don't even do nectar points or points. No, I don't do things. anything. I go in Loyalty there, you know, cards. I put car- petrol in a shell gate. Do you have a shell card? No. Would you like one? No. Yeah. I don't want anything, thank you. No. I'm quite happy. But anyway, the very rich are buying more and more, um, and cars is definitely something they're splashing out on. Yes. Rolls-Royce sales up 64%, um, Aston Martin's up 8%, and then, but then in the bottom end of the market, all they're, they're all down. Renault's down 30%, Kia's down 20%, Ford's down 9%. So you don't drive, though. I passed my theory test yesterday. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, Lord. Everybody beware. I beware. will soon be on the road. No. Yeah. You haven't actually been out in a car, though, have you, yet? Yeah, yeah, I've been driving. Oh, lessons. have you? Yeah, I've oh. been on a dual carriageway. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Are you learning with a school? Uh, no, an individual right. um, learning instructor. But yesterday I passed my theory test. I mean... Wow. I'm, very, very, I'm a little very, bit scared by this. Yeah. Just, just let now. us know the area you're going to be driving in. Twickenham. Yeah, then I'll come up behind you. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> and do the usual, get off the road. I should do that. <laughs> Paolo says, I'm doing bodybuilding for at least ten years. It's possible you lose weight or turn body fat to mass. Let me know if you want any tips. The trouble is, Paolo, I'll guarantee you this now. You can keep up bodybuilding. Yeah, you wait. And the moment you stop doing it, yeah. you're going to balloon. Exactly. It's, it's fatal. I've known more bodybuilders, as long as you stay well away from the steroids and stuff like that. Because what happens to all that? You know. Well, it drops. Yeah. It drops. I've seen bodybuilders can't even put their legs together. Right. They end up so big, and and they sort of, they walk a little bit Neanderthal. Difficult. Very difficult. I've yeah, never right. never been tempted by bodybuilding. I also didn't like the orange colour you have to spray yourself. Mm. You cover yourself with all this horrible, horrible colouring, which apparently shows off your muscles. If I want to show my muscles off to somebody, I'll undo an extra button on my shirt. Yes. You know, I'm be, that kind of person. It'll be hot and flushed or wear, enough. Or wear a T-shirt. Yeah. You know, which is quite nice. So it's £22 million for 19 stars. Apparently Christine Bleakley had a million-pound deal. I bet they're so glad to have seen the back of her now because she might be earning more over an ITV, but they're not doing the business. Uh, water are not good for you. Not a drop of proof that water is good for you. They oh, said, there's this thing, isn't there, that, that actually yeah. all those litres and litres of water which has been peddled by mineral water manufacturers yes. for decades successfully that we ought to buy and drink mineral water all the time is not true. Not true. Not true. Don't need to worry. And also, forget pounding away at the gym... Get a garden or an allotment. Ten minutes digging is equivalent to a session in the gym. Well, it's exhausting, digging. It is very exhausting. I don't do digging. I don't really do I, digging. I bring somebody in to dig. Yeah. I'm much supervise better. the diggers. I, su- I supervise the digging people. I sit down in a chair yeah. with a bottle of Pinot Grigio and supervise the people who are, Get who are digging. digging. Yes, dig more, I say. Dig more. You will be strong. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, are we green? Are you green at home? Sort of fish. Do you recycle? A bit, yeah. Oh, right. I, I feel mean, a bit guilty. I, I don't, I'm afraid. Do you put everything in the bin? I just throw everything in the bin, yeah. And then just put the bin yes, bag out? Yes, I put the bin bag out. Yeah. You don't I get know, fined but, by but, the councillor? No, of like course that. not. Heavens above, they're far too sensible to find me. Yeah. And also, I would, I would probably lie and say, yes, I recycle. We do have recycling bins. It's just, yeah. who can be bothered? Well, if you were, if you were drinking some, a, a bottle or something and you're walking yeah. down the street and it, you finished it... Yes. Would you, and you came across because there's quite a lot of recycling bins next yes. to bins now. Yes, true. Would you go? Would you sort of push it into recycling one or just chuck it in the bin? No. What I would do is I would pretend I was still drinking it, walk a bit further up the road where there weren't the recycling bins, and then put it in a normal bin and wait for a normal bin. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Who could be bothered to stand there working out? Is it coloured glass, green glass, plastic, paper, carb? I've got no idea. Well, you, they're quite often ones now which just say mixed recycling. Yes. Just well, that's called a waste paper old. basket, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> a waste paper basket is, uh, is recycling. And, and Widdicombe has done uh, a lovely... She, she went up north and then discovered her reading spectacles, one arm had come adrift. So she went into um, 
the nearest optician and was told nothing could be done. Which yeah. seems a little bit ridiculous, because I've been into them before, and they just take the glass out and put them in something else. Anyway, 20 minutes later, she went to another one, and she's named the optician she went to. And uh, they actually did marvellous service. So she's given the lovely free ad in her paper column today, Anne Widdicombe. So that's great. So she, she's very happy about that. I've never had any trouble with things like that. You go into the opticians go, listen, the screw's fallen out here. Can you put that? Yeah, of course they do it. They do things like that all the time. It's, it's the way you approach them. If you go in and go, do that, they're going to go, we can't do that. You need to buy some more glasses. You've got to be polite. Don't you? Yes, you've got to be polite. You, you know, yeah. ask and you shall receive, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. It's like, you know, I mean, I go around twicking them. In, a, in, a, in an average afternoon, I can say hello to ten people. Ten people. It's a little bit like living in sort of, you know, Dylan Thomas's under Milkwood. We go, hello, hello, Steve. Hello, Steve. Hello, Steve. How are you? Midsummer. It's, it's, a, it's a bit like that, but without the murder. Yeah. Although that's probably just around the corner, I should imagine. But, uh, so we want to know your opinions on the hacking scandal. What does it mean for the Murdoch's future? And also celebrity diets. Have you ever followed one? Which one did you follow? Come on, tell the truth. 84850 LBC 973. News headlines with Holly Ford. The House of Commons will vote later on a motion urging News Corporation. Isn't that lucky? We have found a couple in the paper today. Not the £161 million winner, but uh, grandparents John and Susan Denston. Uh, they were toasting a £3.3 million lottery win the other day, just 48 hours after Susan dreamt she was in line for a, lion, a life-transforming win. Because if, if it turns out to be me, I'm going to fib to all the papers. I'm going to say... I dreamt th- those numbers. Or failing that, I'm going to come up with... I've, I've got this vacuum cleaner, I put loads of billiard balls in it, <laughs> and it popped these ones up. And then sales of the vacuum cleaner would go up. But uh, they have no plans to move from their £97,000 three-bedroom terraced house in Hull. They're going to stay there. <laughs> I- irrespective of the fact that uh, he's 64. He was made redundant two years ago. He said, uh, we've got some lovely neighbours and we'd miss them if we moved. But they are going to... <laughs> They are going to buy a caravan. So that's good news, it's isn't it? Just like a cliche, isn't I it? I do love class. Yeah. I really do. And they're going to buy a caravan. So, that's, so they can have nice cheap holidays. They've, they've just got £3 million. <laughs> 3.3 they're going to buy a caravan. <laughs> what do you do with the other £3.1257 million? <laughs> they're not going to move from their £97,000 terrace house. Well, don't do the lottery then. It's silly. It's supposed to be life changing. Yeah. Have a bit of fun. You're 64. Yeah, it's you true. know, get out there and enjoy it. I don't know if they've got any children or not. I suppose they must have, actually. She's a former nursery nurse. Oh, they may upgrade their planned summer holiday to Mallorca. <laughs> we go to Witness or something like that, go and see a wind farm or something exciting. <laughs> uh, Nick Ferrari this morning at seven, after appearing in front of the Home Affairs Select Committee about his investigations into phone hacking, Andy Heyman will be speaking to Nick about the session and how his comments and those of his colleagues were received. Also, Green Party member Jenny Jones about her role in a roadblock this evening, and Nick will be taking a, a look at the latest BBC accounts that are revealed there are 274 stars receiving a six-figure salary. That's anything up, up and above £100,000. Over and above £500,000, I think there's 19. Right. So, but that's, that's quite normal, you know, in this day and age, provided somebody does the business. But I, I question Jeremy Paxman, whose programme does not do the figures. You know, he isn't doing £10 million on Newsnight. It's just it's always been there and everything frightened to move it. Yeah, exactly. Frankly, he's neither a personality nor interesting. The only conversation we've ever had are about his underpants, which he complained to the chairman of M&S about, and that made the papers. Anything else just gets forgotten. He does University Challenge, doesn't he? Yes, but, I mean, that's, even that's had its day, hasn't it? Two people sitting on each other in the studio is a bit ridiculous. Especially as you now know that it's a camera trick. They're actually sitting side by side. And the camera puts them on top of the other people. Corpus Christi. 
James. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not difficult, is it? I mean, some of the... I mean, I don't even understand the questions half the time. No. I mean, it's, it's way above me. I'm, I was happier with sort of, you know, sort of the Sun Junior crossword. Boggle. Sorry? Boggle. Boggle's good, actually. I do boggle. Yeah. Pictionary's quite good. Yeah. And now there's a new electronic... Um, um, Monopoly. Oh, is there? I want a copy. I haven't played Monopoly for years. Oh, I love it. I used to really enjoy oh, it. Oh, enjoy it. Christmas time. Lovely to play Monopoly. Lovely. Or Pick Up Sticks is very popular. We're a very cheap family. What's that, like poo sticks and a little it's ribbon? nothing like poo sticks at all, no. Pick Up Sticks is where you have a, a tube with lots of look-like um, sticks in, all different right. colours, and you hold them and then you let them go, and each stick is worth a different value. Oh. And you have to do them without moving any other... Sticks. Oh, that sounds quite good. You never played pick-up no, sticks? Played pick oh, right. sticks. Dice? You ever played dice? Played dice, yeah. With the dice where you have to get the, the one. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Pick-up sticks is very famous, though. Oh, I should Very know. famous. I you have to have a very steady game. hand to do it, but it's a great Christmas game for all you people who can't afford to actually go to Mallorca or something like that. So Take That's plane was struck by lightning. Was it? they flew out um, to the Milan a leg of their tour, after their UK tour. They are very popular and successful here, weren't they, this UK tour? Yes, yes, People yes. People have been coming back from their concerts. Apart from Robbie wonderful. swearing. No, but every single... I thought this was very clever. They do a reunion with Robbie every night of the tour. Every single... Every night they and do the reunion. What a big surprise. Yeah. They it's get back friend. together on stage every single night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's quite nice. It's obviously working, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Works for them. And, then, and, and they are good. They are good. And Robbie does, does a bit of solo stuff that everybody goes wild for. Yeah, so. a little bit too much, I think, actually. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Pat says, how come the Euro Million stated that Jackpot was 166 million? Now it's 161. It's based on 185 million euros. It's the exchange rate. And that's why it's 161,585,000. Mark in Brentwood. Morning, Mark. Is trying the red wine diet. Bottle in the morning, two at lunchtime, two for tea. I lost two weeks last month, he said. <laughs> Do you know, that is the oldest gag oh, yeah. in living memory. Dave, the ex-London cabbie, says, I've got 161 million reasons to be happy today. Why? Why would that be? I don't know. And Ian says, since they added extra numbers on the Euro Million lottery draw, the odds of winning are now approximately 105 million to one. Would you bet on a horse with those odds on? Well, seeing as I've got 161 million, Ian, yes, of course, millions of people bought tickets. They obviously, and it's, it's been won by somebody, so obviously somebody thinks it's going to be worth it this morning. I, of course, will be very happy and we'll be celebrating with them. Jamie Oliver splits from Sainsbury's. You'd make him look like a pauper with your 161 million yes, pounds. Yes, yes. You wouldn't get close. Yes, I stood next to him in the lift, you know. Did you? Mm. Why is he splitting from Sainsbury's? There's a reason. He's done 11 years, I think. Well, I think That's he's... quite a long association. Yeah, um... It's an 11-year tie-up, and it's coming to an end. Everything comes to an end, doesn't yeah. it, in the end? With He's been deals. very successful for them, very and they've successful. been very successful for him. Who, yeah. which, which, which one's Delia with? No, uh, is it Waitrose? I mean, I don't want to... I don't I, know I which one. It might be Waitrose, no, but I can't remember. No, Waitrose is Heston Blumenthal. He does, ha yeah. Yes, he, he, he does Waitrose. very popular Christmas pudding with it's the orange again this the, year. Oh, is it? Apparently. Sold well, out very quickly, apparently. Yes. Well, by the time the advertising arrived, they never had enough. Oh, I see. They'd actually run out long before that... And sadly, downfall of a model mum, the story of Annabelle Giles. We told you this one yesterday. She's having to sell her house to pay for her son's education. Uh, she had it all, money, fame and a pop star husband. Today she's selling everything to uh, pay for her son's education. Mm -hmm. I mean, she's got some spirit, hasn't she? She, got some spirit. she was married to uh, Midure at one time, but she's got a special needs son called uh, Ted. Delia does, oh, Delia does Waitrose as well. Not with Heston. All right. I, I do want that, that Christmas pudding, though. I'm determined to have it. I want to get it this year. I'm going to make sure I go yeah, early. Yeah, I'm going to go early, like October, I think. Because we're not that far away from Christmas. I mean, I don't want to sort of start saying, deck the halls with bells of holly. Fa-la-la-la-la-la-la-la. But in fact, we're now in July. 
then it's August, September, October, that'll be cold, and then November, and then we're into the festive season. So it comes around very, very quickly. You ever ordered clothes online? I've never ordered clothes online. I know people do. Where do you get them from? Um, just shops I walk past. Right, you see them in the window and you go, I like that. Yeah. Yeah, £500 million worth of clothes are returned online every year from people who've seen them but bought the wrong size. Or they're wearing them once and then return them. That's what I think they're doing. Yeah. I think they're wearing them for a special for a event and then, or something and then giving them back. Them back. Yes, yes. Online shopping comparison website Kiko said a lack of standardised sizing was fueling a buy-before-you-try culture. There because is no standardised sizing. No, there isn't, is there? Sense. I've actually been out before and bought something and thought, that'll fit, taking it home, going, I'm not too sure about that. Yeah. Small, medium, large, it's all different in every company. Yes. Even inches seem to be different. You know, 32 inch in one company is different from 32 yes, inch in another. Yes, yes. Ladies have this problem, but they know when they go out and buy something, apparently, which shops have the slightly bigger size, yeah. so they can buy sort of a medium or whatever it happens to be. Well, for slightly larger people, yeah. they flatter their customers by putting the sizing in such a way that larger people can get away with medium. I or... just have XL in mine. doesn't have anything. What do you all have? Medium? Yeah, mostly medium. Medium, medium, yeah. I mean, I'm also... Inside, I'm medium. Outside, I'm, I think I'm medium plus. You wouldn't want to go to this um, B&B, seaside B&B owner using secret peepholes to spy on his guests. Yes, apparently the girl only spotted it because the uh, the fire sign moved. What, and he was there and he was the other side up of against it. it. Yes, oh and so goodness. she looked through and he was running down the corridor. <laughs> very careful if you're booking into B&Bs, yeah, ladies and gentlemen. Careful. Look for the fire signs. Look moving. for the fire signs. If they move, you're in trouble. Sadly, no more time. Oh, dear. It's, it's all happened a bit too quickly. We wait and see what uh, what tomorrow brings. Or perhaps even today, actually. It just seems to change every single day, doesn't it, this story? Yes. Yeah. Well, it certainly seems to be changing. It's absolutely amazing. Jonathan Levi, thank you. Thank you. Jonathan's having a, having a good... Did you have a good day last week? Was it successful? Was a it? good day. Yeah, a good day. Yes. Lots of exciting things happening. Lots. We like exciting things happening. Uh, at least today there's no uh, there's no rain out there. Andy Heyman's going to be with, uh, with Nick Ferrari. Looking at the papers, though, it's Phil Dampier, the journalist, author and royal commentator... And uh, Noreen will be chasing up her Queen Mother book with Amazon to find out where that's vanished to. It's a good read. You'll like it, actually, a lot. I'm back with you tomorrow morning. Do check out the LBC website, lbc.co.uk, and uh, discover all the wonderful delights we have, including podcasting, which will change your life forever. Have a lovely day, London. Enjoy the uh, the sort of the start of summer, I suppose, in a strange way. Nick and the team at seven. First of all, the business update with Holly Ford. The FTSE 100 will open at 58.69 after closing.